0: Grace and peace to you, beloved. So I didn't preach last week, so we didn't have that moment. So we're already out of practice. We're going to try again. Ready? Grace and peace to you, beloved. It's really great to be with you this morning. We are continuing in our sermon series, Practicing Life. And so our scripture reading for this morning comes from John chapter 20. I'll be reading verses 19 through 23. So you can follow along in your Bibles or on your Bible app or on the screens above me. This is a resurrection appearance, which means Jesus has died and come back to life and is beginning to make himself known to his friends here now. The Word of God. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus says he breathed. If you retain the sins of any let us pray. Gracious and loving, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's the battery-operated ones—the ones that you have to charge every now and then, the ones that flash lights and make interesting sounds—and they play with them. Those toys—they hold their attention briefly, and occasionally, glow sticks, baby dolls, and bubbles, and of course, balloons. Balloons are a favorite in our house for everyone except Jason, and to his irritation, we keep a large jar, this large jar, of balloons ready to go whenever the kids would like to play with one. And these balloons, they are a source of delight, hours of entertainment. All they need is a little push, right, when they are filled with air. And they bring great laughter in our house. That is, of course, until the balloons pop. And that's when Jason feels great about the situation because the only balloon that he really likes is a popped balloon. But he's a great dad and he knows that these balloons bring the kids joy. So time after time he will take one of these and breathe one deep breath after another until it is filled with air. The balloon begins to take shape and is able to float weightless with the push of a tiny little hand. So whether you are a fan of balloons or not, our breath and the way we use it to fill a balloon helps us make a connection with our humanity. It's one of those situations that requires us to pay attention to our breath and paying attention to our bodies, to their needs, to the way they function. That's what we've been talking about over the past few weeks now in this sermon series, Practicing Life connecting with God in our daily tasks. We started with this idea that we have been taught by Greek philosophers for thousands of years that our bodies and our souls are separate. That's just not the case. Our bodies and our souls are one. And we took that idea the next week and talked about the nourishment of our bodies and how it affects the nourishment of our souls and the nourishment of other people and the nourishment of the earth. And then last week, Stuart beautifully shared a sermon inviting us to consider what we've lost. What we've lost in our way of life. And in that grief, finding an invitation to love deeply and unconditionally. And that brings us back to this idea of our basic human needs. The need for breath. Something as simple as a child's balloon can bring this into focus for us because the truth is breathing is something we typically do without giving it much thought. Breathing is something we do mindlessly 22,000 times a day. If you were taking notes that you could find online that go with today's sermon, that would be your first answer 22,000 times a day. Our brains are so remarkable that they give the signal to our lungs to exhale carbon dioxide and inhale oxygen every three to five seconds. Unless, of course, we find ourselves holding our breath, which is what we do without realizing it sometimes as well. You see, it's not just our brains that affect our breathing, it's also our minds, And the brain and the mind are not the same thing. The brain refers to the organ of nervous tissue that resides in our skulls. It's the command center of the body's activity. But the mind is our intellect, our ability to think and feel and be aware and make connections. In other words, the brain is the physical space where the mind exists. The mind works through the brain The brain maintains the function of the breath by telling our lungs to do their job. But the mind allows us to be affected by our experiences. The brain maintains the function of the breath by telling our lungs to do its job, but our mind is holding our breath without realizing it. And a variety of experiences can invite us to do just that. Everything from bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic to the death of a loved one, from the diagnosis of a terminal illness to overtime in a football game, from the news of a baby's birth to more than a year and a half in a pandemic. We've been holding our breath. And it's not so much the experiences as it is the feelings that they produce and the way that our minds react to fear, and in anticipation, in disbelief, and in hope, in terrible grief, and in uncontainable becomes to think clearly. The more we hold our breath, the thing shallowly we actually can increase feelings such as anxiety and anger and fear. And those feelings, when that happens, are rarer. An hour or more later, deeply breathing deeply. And stress, breathing deeply, literally calms us down. Breathing deeply can calm us down. And I wonder if that's why Jesus breathed on the disciples in this passage that we read a resurrection story, a resurrection appearance. And it happens just after Jesus has appeared to Mary Magdalene. And they have this beautiful exchange. And she professes that she has seen the Lord. And she goes and she tells the other disciples about it. they don't believe her. Not only that, but they're frozen in fear. The adrenaline from the crucifixion of Jesus and the persecution that they could face from the religious authorities is pumping through their veins, and they lock the doors. It is in that barricaded room that Jesus appears and offers them peace. Take a deep breath In other words, I'm here. It's really me. Look, I have the scars to prove it. Then the disciples are filled with joy, which is another intense emotion that can shut down their thinking brains. So Jesus repeats himself. Peace be with you, he says again. Please take a deep breath. In other words, I have something important to tell you. I have something important to give you. I have something important for you to do. And then he breathes on them. Literally, Jesus gives the disciples the gift of his deep breath. That, of course, would not be the first time that God would choose to act in such a way. In Genesis chapter 2, we read the story of creation. We are told that God creates the earth, literally the dirt of the ground, and then, and I quote, the Lord God formed a human from the dust of the ground and breathed into that person's nostrils, the breath of life, and that human became a living being. God breathed the breath of life, and it would not be the last time. And Ezekiel looked out into a dusty valley and saw nothing but skeletons, dry bones. And God told the prophet to pray that the bones would be covered with flesh. And it was so. And then the prophet was oh. I prophesied as God commanded me, the prophet recalls, and the breath came into those dead bodies and they lived and they stood on their feet. A vast surrounded by his friends. They weren't dead and then began to breathe anew with the breath of life. Three days later, breathes on his friends, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. Once again, power, the power. To forgive and be or retaining sins. If you forgive sins, we so put an S on the end. And we start talking about the the sin of sin and the forgiveness of sin is a corporate concept. It's about sin that Jesus is talking about in this exchange. And that is the work of the followers that God gives us, the gift of forgiveness that we already have in Jesus. That that's the work of Jesus that we proclaim. So when Jesus breathes on his disciples and tells them to forgive others, he's talking about keeping life in perspective. He's talking about not holding on to the past. He's talking about living into a new life that his fresh from the grave breath gives us. He's talking about stopping in those moments of paralyzing fear, taking a deep breath. And finding peace. This is really good news, beloved. Because peace is available to us. It's as close as every breath that we take. Peace be with you. That's what Jesus said to his anxious friends. Peace be with you. Take a deep breath, he might as well have said, as he demonstrated for him. So let's try it. Right now together. In this very moment, let's take a deep breath. Ready? Breathe in and breathe out. Again, without my words. Did you hear it? With every breath that we take, in our very breath, we utter the name of God. We can't help it. It's what our breath was designed to do. Listen. Yahweh. Yahweh. It's what we understand to be the Hebrew name for God. Now, we don't know how it was really pronounced. For one thing, it was unspeakable in that culture. But the other, Hebrew is a complicated language. And really, the way the vowels work is our best Yes, but the truth is we cannot speak the name of God without taking a deep breath. And conversely, we speak the name of God with every breath. Father Richard Rohr, I've mentioned him before. He's from the Center of Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque. He says it this way. All people have access to their true self from the very first inhalation and exhalation, which is the very sound of the sacred. It is literally the unspeakable Jewish name for God. It cannot be spoken, but only breathed, inhaling and exhaling with open lips. It is the first and last word that we will ever utter without even realizing it. The first and last Word, beloved, every three to five seconds of each day, we utter the name of God. We make a sacred connection with the creator of the universe, the one who breathes life, the one who offers forgiveness, the one who grants us peace. It's really almost too wonderful to comprehend. It's a resurrection experience, the gift of new life, the cultivation of of inner peace, and it's all right there in every breath that we take. So ordinary. And that's what makes it extraordinary. Such is the power of God, and how just like our God, to give us access to that power. It's a quiet power, but it's a transformative one. It can transform death into life, paralysis into motion, terrible fear into deep, and abiding peace. If only we are willing to exhale, to stop holding our breath, to call on the name of our God, to le- allow our minds to stay engaged, to pay attention, to pay attention to what's going on, not just with us, but with others and with our community. The time has come for us to pay Attention to what's going wrong for sure, but also to pay attention to what could go right with a little inspiration, which is another way to talk about breath. Beloved, when we are willing to breathe deeply and take in the realities of our surroundings, we can see the vision of God take shape as visible as a child's balloon, filling with air, ready to bring joy, to change lives, given just a little push from us. As we continue to prop up that vision with every breath that we take, with every inhale and every exhale. So that's our invitation for the week, to pay attention to our breath. And it seems so simple, but it requires mindfulness and a willingness to ask ourselves, when does our breathing become shallow? What am I feeling when that happens? What would happen if I could override that feeling with a deep breath? How quickly can the peace of God take over? What could such a connection with the source of our breath mean for us and for the people in our lives? In other words, beloved Take a deep breath and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Take a deep breath and feel life. Feel life coming back into your bones. Take a deep breath and find peace. It is in this mindful practice of breathing deeply, that we will discover that we can find peace one breath at a time. Amen. Amen.